here to sugarcoat I'm sorry about you Too much shelter causes pain Let's just be real honest Things are gonna knock you down Avoidance will not help you out Let's talk it through you, me and you Let's keep it real honest Hello everybody Welcome back to the podcast I guess I'm really welcoming myself back this week Since I did not publish one last week I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving Um, Mine was pretty good. It was the best Thanksgiving I've had in a while, so that's exciting. I am sick, so sorry in advance for the sniffles. I will edit out all the coughing, but there's not a whole lot that I can do about how my voice sounds, so I hope you all enjoyed your rest last week from hearing my voice, even though I guess if you're listening to this podcast every week, you have to like my voice to some degree I would think um it's funny because one of my friends I usually send um two of my friends in a group chat like really long rants (laughs) on whatsapp but since I was around so many people at Thanksgiving like I couldn't there was no like quiet corner to go do that so I just typed everything out to them (laughs) and one of them was like this actually really works like it's so clear when you do it this way Um, and part of me was like, oh, she hates when I rant and she would rather me just type it. But I'm also kind of finding that same thing. Like there's a lot of people. Um, so basically outside the U S people use WhatsApp pretty regularly as like the main tool of communication. And so since elevation is a global church and I've met most of my friends through church at this point, we, um, do a lot of voice notes on WhatsApp and it's nice because you can just kind of have an ongoing conversation and it's like whatever you have five or 20 minutes however long the voice note is to listen like that's when you pause and listen but at the same time it's like I am so busy right now like I currently have three jobs and I'm so tired and I like I don't have the time that I usually have to just sit and talk to people all day long so when people send me voice notes it honestly drives me insane because I'm sitting here like I am not gonna have time to listen to that until Saturday so if you would text me I could read it while I'm doing something else Um, Like I'm working on the Polar Express this season. So it's like when I have really short breaks in between train rides, I can sit and read text messages, but it's not quiet enough to listen to a voice note. And I'm like, you know what? This is probably how my friends feel (laughs) when I'm sending them voice notes every single day. And they're like, oh my gosh, please stop. We don't have time for this. We don't have energy for this. Like just text us. Anyway, I'm doing another sermon reflection today because I really enjoyed the sermon this weekend and I also just have a lot of thoughts about it that I want to share and I'm curious about y'all's thoughts. Um, So our sermon this weekend was by Larry Bry, who is one of the founding fathers of Elevation Church. Um, And he talked about the orphan spirit, which is basically like when you have a feeling of abandonment feelings of abandonment and insecurity that stop you from doing things like stop you from taking action that you want to take or that like stops you from believing in yourself and in your abilities um and so he kind of walked through like different responses that the orphan spirit gives out of insecurity and doubt which the four that he went through are i can't do that how do I look or what will they think of me? They won't accept me or I'm going to fail. Um, And he was essentially, the whole point was like, you know, you find your 
identity if you are a Christian. You find your identity in Christ and you can do anything with Christ and God doesn't care about how you look or what other people will think of you and God always accepts you and God never fails. So I do find that, um, I find it very comforting, but at the same time, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around it. I think because for a lot of us, our experiences don't necessarily line up with how we're supposed to feel or how we want to feel or how we think we're supposed to feel because so much of it is like related to your parents you know like whenever I've my whole life I've struggled with like the whole father-son analogy of the trinity and just God being a father figure because I just don't really see my dad in the way that I see God and I have a hard time like reconciling the two. Um, and you know, I asked my small group last time we all met, I asked them if anybody thinks, which I will now just pose to you guys. So like, please email me or text me or whatever your, um, your thoughts on this. But I'm curious if anyone, um, this is specifically for believers. Cause if you don't believe in God, then I don't know that it's really going to matter. Um, but if you believe in God, do you think that it is possible to fully experience the love of God without being a parent. And my small group was kind of, they seemed kind of offended by me asking this, honestly, it like really bothered a lot of people. Um, And what I find interesting is that it's kind of like, Maybe I shouldn't have used the word, maybe I need to phrase the question differently because I'm not trying to say that like God loves you less if you're not a parent. And I'm not trying to say that you can't feel God's love as much if you're a parent. It's more like something that I have heard from everyone that I know that is a parent is they all say, you know, that they never really knew what love was until they became a parent and like looked at their kid and was like, wow, I love this kid. And it's just, it's not that they don't love their parents or their siblings or their spouses. It's just that the love is different. And until they had that child, they, this it's a kind of love that they did not even know existed. Like you can't imagine it until you have that experience. So I more just wonder, um, and I think in my small group where I was in my thought process when I posed the question is I think I was more along the lines of, you know, does God actually want all of us to get married so that we can experience like this side of his love or like experience the the human version of it, I guess, because we can't fully experience anything the way that God does anyway. Um, but I wonder, I actually, I don't think that God wants all of us to get married because we don't all get married and God doesn't promise us all spouses. But I do think that people that are parents, I, I, well, I shouldn't say people. I think 
Christians that are parents that spend time in the word and with God, I do think that they are able to tap into an understanding of God's love that those of us who are not parents cannot. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. And I don't think that that makes me lesser. Like I, I still have zero desire to be a parent. Um, but that is something that I try to keep in mind is just always knowing that like there are some things that I'm not totally going to understand. So going back to like the orphan spirit that Larry Bry was talking about. So he was talking about like the example he gave was Moses, right? Where like Moses is like technically an orphan because he was abandoned, which like, you know, his mother like put him in the basket and sent him down the Nile for, you know, to save his life. Like it was for a good reason, but it's like he was still abandoned. Um, And though he did have a better life, like he still had these doubts and insecurities where like God's asking him to do things and he's like I can't do that find someone else or like who am I to do that or what are people gonna think of me and like you know he has all of these like doubts and reasons to not do the thing um and the pastor was talking about how like whenever you are feeling that way like you're supposed to remember that God the father always validates the relationship. So like the devil is always gonna feed into those insecurities and be whispering to you that like, you can't do that or people are gonna think negatively of you or you're gonna look weird or whatever. And even if people, you know, don't accept you or you do fail, so to speak, or people make fun of you or whatever it is, like God is always gonna say like, that's my daughter. Stay back, devil. (laughs) Like, I love my daughter. She's great. She's doing what I told her to do. Like, moving on. Um, And that is the piece that, like, kind of trips me up because I don't feel like my parents ever really did that. I feel like my parents would do that to somebody else. Like, I feel like, which I highly doubt that anybody has ever bad-mouthed me to my parents, but maybe they've done it and I just don't know. But I feel like if somebody were to say bad things about me to one of my parents I think they would defend me but I don't feel like they really defend me to my face very often which I find strange um so like the example that I'll give you guys is earlier this year my cousin was in the hospital And my sister, who lives in the same city as my cousin, was like going to the hospital every day to spend time with my cousin and his mom, who's our aunt. And then my sister went on a work trip. So essentially, I went to house sit for her so that I could be at the hospital every day with them. And really, it was just to have like a third party in the room to be listening to everything the doctors were saying because he was getting kind of emotional and his mom was getting kind of emotional and it was just like, you know, let them have their time in their space to feel all of the feelings, have an extra person here to like take notes and remember all the questions that they want to ask. Um, and also to make sure that like his mom got meals and didn't have to leave the hospital room. So 
we kind of fell into a routine and we had a system and I guess my half sister didn't know that he was in the hospital. So she found out and then decided to drive super late at night to like come and join and be there. And she and I really don't get along. It's just like always been a thing that I don't need to get into right now in this episode. Um, but long story short, like she shows up in the middle of the night and I am already like, I have to get up at five, five thirty every day to pick up my aunt and get her to the hospital. And then I was also still working that whole week. So it's like, I'm getting up way earlier than I'm used to. Um, and then it's just like, we were all very, very worried about what was going on with my cousin and like, weren't sure how long he was going to be there. So then it was like having like very deep emotional conversations with them, but then also stepping out to make sure that I went to work and got my work done and then trying to cook in the middle of the day. And I was just like exhausted and like needed to get to sleep by like 1030 every single night to like fully function the next day. So I was already like super emotional from just having been like awake for so long. And then I'm like, okay, well now I have to stay awake until midnight because that's when she's going to get here. And I was like overly upset that she was coming to stay at my sister's house because my sister was not in town. And I'm just like, so the person whose house you're staying at isn't even here and I'm house sitting for her. You're not. So it's just like this, you now feel like my responsibility if you're in the house that I'm watching. And I'm like, okay, so do you, am I now also in charge of meals for you? Like what, you know, what other responsibilities does this give me? And like, no one was making that clear to me. And I was just very like, I don't want to deal with, fighting with her. I don't want to deal with feeding her. Like, I don't want the responsibility that's going to come with another person being in this situation. And I tried to talk to my dad about it. And he was just very like, you're being emotional. She's being emotional. You can't dictate who's in your cousin's hospital room. Like, it's so selfish of you to not want her to stay there. And I am just like, I'm not thinking of me. I'm thinking of like my cousin's already in this routine of having like me and his mom with him like all day, every day. And I've talked to him and I don't think he wants a whole bunch of people in his room, but like it is what it is. But either way, I'm like, I'm not trying to dictate who's in his hospital room. I think as the person stuck in the hospital that literally cannot do anything but sit in the hospital bed and talk to people, whether on the phone or if they come in your room, I think he is the decider of who comes in his room. And that has nothing to do with me. But I think because the owner of the home is not here and I'm watching it, I think I should get to decide who else is in this house with me. And I don't want her in the house with me. Like I would like her to stay in a hotel and that's all that I'm asking for here. And it was just very like, my dad just kept telling me over and over again that I was being emotional and I was being irrational and was being selfish. And I was just like, what I really, really needed him to say was, I can tell that you're really overwhelmed right now. And what's going to make you the healthiest to be the most positive that you can be for everyone for however many days she's there would be for you to stay in your own space watching the house by yourself and she would she should stay in a hotel like let me call and say that to her and (laughs) you know he just didn't and this is like 
very repetitive of my whole life where I just feel like my parents are very quick to shut me down. Um, and because of that, I just struggle when I hear these sermons that are like the father always validates the relationship because I'm like, does he though? (laughs) And I know that like my earthly father and my godly father are two completely different. Like I was going to say people, but I mean, God's not a person. I mean, let's not get into that, (laughs) but Um, it's still, it's confusing because even thinking back on life and like different experiences that I've had with God, I feel like things that I am insecure about, I don't ever really feel God next to me saying like, you are my daughter and you're beautiful and I want you to be safe and healthy and like whatever it is. Um, like I feel like the main thing that I am insecure about is probably the stretch marks on my stomach. And I literally was just looking on Instagram last night. Um, of this dietitian posted, it was a, a carousel of like things that the nineties and the early two thousands taught us are not normal, but are totally normal. Um, and it was like the, the armpit flab. Um, and one of them was like stretch marks on your stomach and thighs that have nothing to do with pregnancy. And she's like, these are normal things that happen to bodies. Um, and that's something like, I have to intentionally look at dietitians, Instagram posts every single day. And I do not look at my body in the mirror when I get in and out of the shower because I legitimately want to jump out of a window when I see myself. Like it's just truly like traumatic. And I feel like when I do listen to sermons like this and I think like, you know, worrying about how I look and like that I won't be accepted and that I'm going to fail, like that's part of why I don't like doing um, like really intense workout programs because it is in the back of my head that it's like, this is just what I look like now. Like it's not going to change. It's not going to be different. Like I'm just ugly and bigger than I want to be. And like, those are just facts. Um, and that sucks, (laughs) but I also don't feel like I, I don't get the pe- the other piece, you know, the side of God being like, oh, like you're so, um, you're so beautiful and you're perfect just the way that I made you. And I don't know if it's because I personally don't spend enough time praying and reading the Bible that I haven't really learned to hear the voice of God yet. Um, but I think it more comes from just all of the years of having drilled into me by like my mom and the media and television of just like what bodies are supposed to look like, which doesn't make any sense because literally like how many tummies have you seen, you know, like besides yours and like some really skinny girls on TV, but it's like people like don't walk around like pulling their shirts up being like, Hey, look at my tummy. So it's just like, 
the fact that we ever thought that there was a specific way that we were supposed to look look like without even seeing enough people to compare to is just kind of absurd. Um, but I think it's really interesting that God's voice should hold the most weight in your life if you are a Christian. But for me, it really doesn't. And I find it interesting that you can have the orphan spirit without being an orphan. Because I'm definitely not an orphan. I've got both my parents are still alive and kicking, doing well. Um, And it's interesting, though, that like really anything can cause an insecurity. So like he was talking about, you know, even if the orphan became an orphan, like out of good intentions, you know, it's like. Oh, okay. Sorry. I had to look at my notes. (laughs) So he said in the sermon to the kid who has been abandoned, the intention makes no difference. Um, and so I find that really interesting because I, like, I don't feel like clearly I've never been (laughs) physically abandoned. Um, I feel like I have been emotionally abandoned many times, um, to the point where I don't know how to stop being insecure. Um, so for example, I know that I've already discussed the whole like issues that my mom and I have had about the whole weight thing, but like, as I told you guys, like I'm working on the Polar Express and that is from 1.30 PM until 8 or 9.30 PM every single night for six weeks. Um, and so I called my mom a couple times when I was on my way home and I was like in the drive-thru picking up like... And I was in the drive-thru picking up like McDonald's or Freddy's because I just don't have the energy after running around dancing back and forth on this train for hours <laughs> to cook when I get home. Like I'm just over it and I don't want to do anything and I just want to sleep. Like literally I got up at six o'clock this morning and it is currently eleven sixteen PM. And I'm honestly amazed that I'm still awake, but like we're here and we're doing it and dear God, just get me to December 30th. Um, but anyway, so because I like had fast food two days in a row, like my mom offered to make dinner for me, like after the Polar Express, if I like stopped by her and my dad's on my way home, like she'll make dinner. And then she starts talking about how like, she really wants to make some tasty salads. And like, she hasn't, she has not said anything about my weight in a while. Okay. But to me, the offer in itself, what I and what I heard was you are fat and eating McDonald's every day is going to make you fatter. So let me give you some salad so that you don't get get even bigger because you're so huge and ugly. <laughs> like that is what I heard from her, because that is the messaging that I have gotten from her so often, not in those words. OK, I'm saying this is the messaging that I have received so often that it's just like I am so uncomfortable when it comes to my mom and food. Like, I don't want to eat food in front of her. I don't want to talk about food with her. I don't, like, I don't want her to see me ever. Like, I, I, I hate when my mom hugs me because I feel like she's thinking about how big I am when she hugs me. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where I think that we really need something or someone to compare God to, to really understand it. Like one of my very best friends has an eating disorder and it really was triggered by like awful, 
awful things that her mom has said and done to her over the years. And like she and her mom don't have a great relationship because of it. And a lot of times when she and I talk about God, she tells me like that God is saying these horrible things to her. Well, she'll tell me that like she was sad or busy. And so she couldn't go to the gym for like a week and she gained however many pounds. And she'll say like, so, you know, God's like, you're so fat and ugly. Like, don't talk to me until you get back in the gym. And I am just like, God doesn't talk like that. What are you talking about? Um, and it lasted, like she and I had this like really deep heart to heart about it where I was explaining to her, like, I don't think that you know what God's voice sounds like. And I don't think that you are like really feeling the love of God because you're feeling this way and you think that he would talk to you this way. But I think that she and I honestly have like the same issue where it's like, it's because the church keeps telling us that God is a father and this is this parental figure that like loves you unconditionally, but we're not like really feeling and experiencing that unconditional love to understand it. Um, which brings me back to, I think that parents have a better grasp on this because I feel like human love is conditional by nature, the majority of the time. Like, I feel like I love Cameron because he has shown up for me over and over again for 25 years or however long I've known him, you know? Like, he didn't, like, fall out of the sky one day and I just, like, decided to love him. Um, So I think that unconditional love sounds really nice, ideally, but, like, when, when humans are trying to do it, it's like, well what does that really mean? Because it's when you've got humans trying to love each other unconditionally, that's when you get in like really unhealthy, abusive relationships because you're like forgiving people to no end. And we don't really know how to do that. Um, So I feel like the next closest thing is like a parent-child relationship to unconditional love because I know very few parents who would say that there is like anything that their kid could ever say or do that would like make them stop loving them or would make them stop talking to them or like want them out of their lives or whatever it is. Um, That being said, I totally don't think that we all need to, if you are a person that like has this orphan spirit and a lot of your thoughts and actions or lack thereof are driven by insecurity and doubt I don't think that you should go out and become a parent <laughs> to, to learn how to love better. Um, but I do think that it's something to keep in mind of like, there is an element of God's love that I don't have the ability to tap into. And I think that's okay. And I think that what I need to do is really focus on who I know God to be and who I believe God to be and what I know God to say. So I guess like my takeaway from the sermon was really like my thoughts of like, I can't do that. I'm worried how I look. I'm worried what someone thinks of me. I'm worried that I won't be accepted. I'm worried that I'm going to fail. Like those thoughts don't come from God, right? Because I know that God can do it. And I know that God doesn't care how I look and God thinks very highly of me and God will always accept me and that God doesn't fail. So it's kind of just like pausing when I have the 
sad thoughts and understanding like, okay, where did this thought come from? And then what is the truth and like the identity? Like, how does God see me? And how do I then move forward? And the pastor also had mentioned that like when you live in a world fueled by insecurity and doubt, you can't envision any positive outcomes. Um, And I do find that to be true as well. Like anytime that I am in a depressive state, like I am very like the, the whole world is dark and everything is terrible. Um, And I'm laughing because I just, I remember like, trying to explain like times that I've been depressed to my mom like I vividly remember like lots of arguments that we've had where she where I am like I've been sad for like five years and she's like that's not true like you you were happy just last week like there were perfectly good days like you're being dramatic um and from her perspective like I was totally being dramatic because it was very like you can't say that you've been sad for five years when I saw you laugh five days ago, but it's like to the person that's like going through the thing when you like you, you literally cannot see it. Like a lot of people, it's like, we have to, you have to get through it to the other side to look back and be able to see it. Um, And you have to be able to spin your thoughts into positive things to be able to see positive outcomes so like that's something that like I have to spend so 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 much time on like my personal self-talk is so bad like anytime that I am embarrassed or uncomfortable or sad I just like close my eyes and just say I want to die over and over and over and over and over Um, and I have to like catch myself in that and flip it and say like, I love you. You're okay. Everything is fine. This moment is going to pass, but that like, it takes a lot of work (laughs) because imagine like the number, the opportunity in a day to get anxious or embarrassed or sad. I mean, like, any little thing that like somebody says to me (laughs) like sends me you know it's the kind of stuff where like sometimes I will I'll be like waiting for a meeting to start at work I'll have like five minutes and I'm like waiting for the meeting to start and all of a sudden I will just start thinking about the fact (laughs) that almost every romantic relationship I have ever been in has not been ended by me. (laughs) And it's just like, even though a lot of the guys that I have dated have been terrible, it's like he was terrible and he dumped me. Like, yikes. Like, what does that say about me? And I'll just get like lost in this like sad little (laughs) spiral until the meeting starts and it you know and just like imagine how many times like a person could do that in a day I really just say all of this to say if you are feeling called by God to do something that you feel like you can't do first ask yourself why can't you do it like are you lacking the physical ability 
or are you lacking motivation and assurance that you're going to succeed? And then if you're worried about how you look or what someone's going to think of you once you do the thing or put the thing out or ask the person the question, you know, whatever it is, um, I think ask yourself, like, why does it matter how you look and why is, um, you know, what is your worst case scenario of like, what will somebody think of me? Like, what if somebody thinks I'm this or what if somebody thinks I'm that? Like, Imagine the very worst case scenario, like maybe it's your best, best friend in the whole entire world that thinks that you are a genius. And if you say this thing to them, they're going to think you're stupid. Like, is that really realistic that they're going to think that? And if it is, why are you friends with them? (laughs) But also, why is that person's opinion so important? Like, what is it that's giving that person's opinion that much weight? Um, and then if you think I'm going to fail, step back and ask yourself, like, are you actually doing something that God called you to do? Because if you are, then you can't fail. And God has equipped you with everything that you need to do the thing. My movie recommendation this week is Trolls Band Together (laughs) featuring NSYNC. Um, I'm actually like 90% sure that their new single is about getting high. And I'm pretty sure that the whole movie is like an acid trip. Um, but it's so fun. It is so fun. It is so funny. It has all of the boy band references that satisfied my little nineties heart. Um, and just seeing NSYNC as trolls was so worth it. Also, David Diggs. Um, and then I've watched so many movies in the past week. So there's also Leo on Netflix is super cute. If you need like a family friendly option, um, office Christmas party from the early two thousands. I just saw for the first time last week and loved it. That's absolutely hilarious. Um, the Grinch is always a favorite. I also watched The Ultimate Christmas Present and I'll Be Home for Christmas, which I mean, like, you can never go wrong with a Disney classic. Um, and The Naughty Nine is a new new Disney Plus movie, which was cute. I mean, nothing nothing special, nothing crazy. It was cute. Um, okay, you may or may not hear from me next week, depending on if I find time to do this before next Wednesday. Um, But I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving and I hope that you all are enjoying the shift into the holiday time. I absolutely, I love Christmas. I love winter is my favorite season. Christmas is my favorite holiday. And I just like, I'm sad that I'm so busy because I can't, I can't enjoy it. Like I literally don't have time to just lay down and drink hot cocoa and have like movie marathons and that sucks um but I did this to myself and (laughs) I've learned my lesson and I won't do it next year um but anyways I hope you all are enjoying life and things are going good may you stay healthy all season while I am being 
coughed and sneezed upon by all the children on the train. Let's keep it real honest.